0: And threw off the door. What a year had it been! A box out of the world champion! Montgreve going inside.
1: Ray Allen driving past Armstrong. The jam over the Two seconds. Middleton! Yes! Chris Middleton! Happy birthday, Jason Kenton. Places up the ground. Behind the back. I did it, good ball, good ball, good watch. good holy moly, Dudley,
0: up top, Oh, that's got a clean catch, and oh, oh, no Milwaukee wins it, play basketball, can win, And not win, yeah, how many games, six, we're going to win in six,
2: hello and welcome back to Winning Six, official podcast of BehindTheBugPass.com. I'm your host Adam McGee and Ty Windish and Jordan Tresky are with me once again as we follow up from our earlier show today by this time taking a look at potential fits for the books at centre and free agency. Let's move on now to the more important free agent stuff. Um, these are the guys who the books want a centre. They're, really, they're all in on a centre. It's slightly concerning to me. Um, I don't know if they're just going to take a swing for the sake of they want a centre this year. But let's start, I've I've compiled a list here, we've got, uh, we, we call it nine or 10 options. And um, we'll run through them, we'll run through very quickly just in some of the sort of key numbers or key stats, how you guys feel they'll fit. At the end then we, we'll have a look back, rank maybe who's the best option for the books, and then maybe who's the most realistic option for the books, because those two probably aren't got to the tally up. <laughs> um, we'll start off yeah. with, with the biggest name probably in the mix for the books. Um, DeAndre Jordan two or three days ago this was a lot of fun this was pretty exciting and um, the books were one of four teams going to meet Jordan in Houston and now somehow the Knicks seem to have taken that place and um, I don't know why that is other than New York which is probably the only reason why that is and um, but I don't know. There's there's mixed messages. It's something. I wrote a piece on it yesterday, and my only concern is, did the books pull themselves out of that meeting, um, even though they're clearly interested, or did DeAndre sort of go, no, I'm okay, thanks. If that's the case, okay, fair enough. Uh, it's disappointing, but I don't think it's anything that none of you guys are used to. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but let's, let's look at DeAndre, I suppose, in terms of fit. Uh, he's two years in a row now. I think it's in both rebounding and field goal percentage. He's led the league. And um, for for all these guys, I'm going to run through here. I have just some of their key numbers down per 100% possessions so try and give it as as level of playing field as possible. because um, there's some guys who maybe aren't quite starters or 30, 25 to 30 minute a game guys. Um for DeAndre, I mean, for his career, you're looking at an offensive rating of 117. Ooh. it's incredible. Um, yeah, that's
0: that's very good.
2: It's That's what happens when you don't miss shots from inside. I, I think it's gone under the radar, but DeAndre actually shot over 70% from the field last season.
0: Yeah, he, uh, he made a, a run at uh, Wilt's record, I believe. Yeah, and just and I, for for anyone here who's not an advanced stats guy, offensive and defensive possession, it's just like a, a way of looking at points uh, scored and allowed per 100 possessions. Anything over 110 is very good on offensive. Anything under 100 is very good for defensive.
2: That's definitely a good idea with the primer tie. Good idea. Um, <laughs> I suppose the, the one though for Jordan, it's his defense, and that's what people get so excited about with the books. With all of these numbers, obviously there's a lot of noise, and most of that noise is the teammates. And um, for his career, Jordan has a defensive rating of one hundred and two, which is
0: very it's good. good. It's not, it's, good.
2: it's not spectacular. It's a little bit sort of surprising. I mean, last year even he came in defensive rating ninety eight. Good, he, he's definitely he's getting better. Um he might not just be quite the defensive specialist many people think he is. I think though in this books team, that would change. That'd be something very scary. I think you'd see that drop fairly drastically. Um per per one hundred possessions, DeAndre averages three point four blocks. Uh Jor- Jordan's dog is even excited about excited.
1: that.
2: <laughs> That's the sort of shot blocking and you're not going to get from Zaza. <laughs> you're not going to get from, from Plumlee. You
0: might get, that from, you Henson, might get
2: from John Henson, but yeah. we'll leave that one alone. Otherwise, this podcast <laughs> is going to go on for hours. And that's, one, that's one for another, another day, maybe. Um, the rebounding is the big thing. I think if the books are going to for, go for center, some of the guys who we get to later on this list, they're scoring centers. That's great. It's not what the books need. They need a guy who's going to crash the boards, he's going to protect the rim, and he's going to let the other guys, the more talented guys really, not a knock on big man, but generally the more <laughs> talented guys around them go and, and just do their job and get to work. Um for you guys, I suppose is DeAndre is he the prize of this this free agency for the books? Could there be anyone who realistically we're not we're not talking LeBron, I think Marcus out, Realistically <laughs> is there is there anyone other than DeAndre, who you'd prefer to join the books?
0: Yes, I'd rather get Greg Monroe. Okay, um,
2: well then we'll hold that top because we're getting. We'll hold him that. In a second. We'll
0: hold that. Um, I don't. It's not realistic. I'd rather have Jimmy Butler too. Um, but I'd say out of he'd he'd probably be like then second in all realistic targets after Monroe. I think I haven't looked at the list in a little while, but guys like LeBron, Dwayne Wade's just too old and too expensive. He opted out today though. Um, any other centers I'd put under DeAndre except for Monroe. So I'd say he's he's definitely very high up there.
2: What about you,
1: Jordan? Um, yeah, I think probably if well, especially, you know, the, when the rumors came out, it was like, you know, that definitely uh, was a little shocking, but I think, yeah, as far as big man, he'd probably be number one that would seemingly attainable. I mean, obviously it doesn't look very likely now, but Marc is a lock to return to Memphis, I, I feel like. Um, don't don't tell that don't, to Adam. Adam doesn't want no, to do
0: that.
2: No, Marc is going to Memphis. And if he's not going to Memphis, he's going to San Antonio. Um, so I, I'm cool with that. I've made peace. Um, <laughs> Marc Gasol is. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw, I tweeted out earlier, but the video, the he's put together for him, he's um, got Justin Timberlake in it. I mean, it, oh, you're not, not going to sell back. a guy better than that. He's, Never mind, he's back. The video really seriously if you check it out, it's as good a pitch as you're gonna get and it's just the sort of thing that no one else can offer Gasol and Gasol isn't your big ego guy, he doesn't seem to come across that way I don't think Marc Gasol is gonna drop tools and go, I'm going to New York Um, I don't think he put himself through that he's happily (laughs) lived it in Memphis for quite a long time he's got a great team around them, they're probably, if they could maybe get a little bit creative with some of their moves they're always just one step away from being a contender, but no, I'm I'm past Gasol. I think Gasol is staying in Memphis. Um, I, I guess the one thing about DeAndre that it, it bothers me a little bit, and it's the same with some of the other guys in this. So I'll go into it a little bit more detail later, but one of the most important things for the books last season, um, this isn't just me being a big Zaza Pachulia fan. One of the most important things for the books was the ball movement and the creativity they could actually get from down the low post. They didn't have a guy who was a low post finisher. He wasn't going to bang bodies, really, and come out with any sort of meaningful baskets. That wasn't where we were going with it. But the amount of big plays even um, that came off Zaza assists, Zaza keeping a play alive and being a skilled passer, I think the books have to go for a defensive player. I don't know what way that will affect their offense. I think that's a really interesting question because that was key to... Just keeping the books a little bit more fluid. Um, moving away from that, I guess that's where someone like Vasquez could come in and offer something a little bit different. I think that's definitely something though, that people are ignoring. They're going, okay, we got this big guy. Oh, he scores really high field goal percentage. Rebounder, shot blocker, assists from the center spot, or even hockey assists. They were really important for the books last year. It's a big part of how they played. We'll move on to the next guy. Maybe assists a little bit better. Uh, Ty mentioned him a couple of minutes ago. This is someone who, as of now, the books are still scheduled to be with. Let's hope the plug doesn't get pulled on that one anytime soon. But Greg Monroe um, Monroe's an interesting player. He's a lot of potential for quite a while. I don't know where it's going to end up with for him. Um, I mean, let's, let's run through some of his numbers again. Offensive rating of 109. Not quite the ridiculous level of the but one hundred and nine is pretty good. It's
0: good. Um, it's solid.
2: You've got to consider the team he's played on for that number as well. He's played on some really bad Pistons teams to have a one hundred and nine. repco repco yeah. is one of the best options that he has played
0: with. Yeah,
2: yeah, uh, one hundred and nine yeah. offensive rating. Considering he played on that Josh Smith a small forward team, that's enough to bring anyone's average tumbling down.
0: Yeah,
2: um, <laughs> uh, that's a solid number. The the worry, the concern is the one hundred and six defensive rating. Um. once again we're talking about team it doesn't all fall on Monroe where it starts to fall a little bit more Monroe though is when you're looking okay you're a 611 guy uh, you average one block per 100 possessions not a rim protector at all no I don't know if this is the guy the Bucks need Um, I think Monroe is skilled he'll score once again he'll, he'll offer that low post it, it'll vary the play up I don't know, though, if that's the way you want the books to play. I think they're better with a centre who, okay, he can clean up around the basket. He can maybe just be smart enough to facilitate when needed. You don't pay Chris Middleton this summer, or you don't draft Jabari Parker, or go, okay, we've got a really good thing in Giannis Antetokounmpo to go, all right, the ball is just going to go down to Greg Monroe. He's got a nice hook shot. He's going to bang around and hook it in, and that's how we're going to play 82 games of the season, 48 minutes a night. Um I'm a big Greg Monroe fan. I like his skills. I just it the fact that he hasn't found a way to I suppose expand his range. He doesn't really stretch the floor in any way with his jump shot. Um it's, his rhythm generally looks pretty good. He's got a nice stroke. It just doesn't tend to go down very often. What are your guys thoughts
1: on Monroe? I think he's solid. Um obviously he's, you know... He was, especially with uh, Pistons getting Drummond uh, a couple years ago, he played that four role. But I think he's more of a five. I think you have to. I think the biggest question, if hypothetically the, the Bucks bring him in, do you sacrifice, you know, being a, hot, a very productive defensive unit in order to get more offensive production? And I don't know. I mean, I think he could be. I think he's a capable passer. At sometimes, or in some spots, I mean, um, but
2: I think he was point eight assists per one hundred possessions, which is is pretty impressive. Um, yeah. he, he's definitely he's smart enough that he can he can pass out of there. Um, he he'd fit more into that Petulia mold with a big skills upgrade and uh, maybe lacking the defense. But he definitely, if they if they wanted to keep that style of play, he'd fit in with that all right.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, I just think, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest question for Bucks fans way forward, especially you know, as it's less than 36 hours now. <laughs> what, about um, you, what about you, Ty? What do you think?
0: I've always been a big Monroe fan on the Bucs. Um, maybe chiefly because of the age. The guy's still 24 years old, and he's averaged a double-double. I know he did last year. I want to say he has more than that, but even if he'd only averaged one season, um, that's something the Bucks haven't had. There were no great rebounders on the team who put up great rebounding numbers last year. Um, for a while, Brandon Knight was in the top three in rebounds per game. That's just not that great of a sign. Um, I, I don't know. The, the, the offensive, lim- the limited offense, I can see that being a problem. Um, I, I think it would be nice to be able to have a low post guy. You could feed once in a while um, as a sort of a, a mix-up. That really wasn't a thing last year. There was no one that could just go, like you said, bang bodies and, and generate points like that. Captain Oak
2: no would have been the only option.
0: Yeah, that yeah, can hurt a little bit. A and, little it, bit.
2: and it's, it's just a hook, nothing else. Just yeah, hook.
0: It's just a one-sided <laughs> hook, and you'd only see it like one every, once a week. He'd, he'd do like three straight baskets at one point, and you would go, oh, my God, is John Henson amazing? And then you wouldn't see him for the week. Um, Greg Monroe, you'd see every night doing that. I think it would be a great guy to have doing that for a long time in the Bucks uniform. Uh, the rim protection is the other problem. He played a lot of power forward in his time with Detroit next to Andre Drummond who is very much room defending center so that could be part of it um, maybe he just wasn't in that role maybe he will get better at that this team's all about development right now as much as we wish it was about winning this is a developmental team so maybe he can come in and work on that he's got a great guy in John Henson to watch and learn rim protection and I think if they if they have a chance to get him I think they should do it and not worry about that right now and just sort of worry about the fact that he's 24 he fits in with the young bucks and this is a legitimate low post-score rebounder, which the Bucks have not had in a while.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I suppose, to be completely fair to Monroe, I'm not sure he's been in any way engaged defensively. I don't think it's his his blocks are down purely because he's beside Drummond. I just don't think he cared that much. And with the and teams he's been a part of, that's maybe understandable. Um, yeah. <laughs> people talk about his defense and how bad it is. Well if the books are sold enough on his offense and don't feel it's gonna it's gonna clog up the way they plan on playing offense it might be worth a shot I mean Sean Sweeney is sort of he's he's praised as this like defensive savant if he actually is that and maybe he can help Monroe just figure out defense or even just pique his interest in it a little bit and get him to a place where if not a great defender he's acceptable Um. A guy who initially I wasn't too keen on the idea of, but I'm very quickly warm to is Tyson Chandler. Um, Chandler, I'll I'll give you an idea now in a minute, his numbers are incredibly impressive. Uh, The number that scares most people is his age. People go 32, he's too old. Uh, The rumours are Chandler wants a three year deal and my guess is probably it's going to be around 12 million, if it's three years, 36 million. That by the end, by the time he's 35, that's a lot of money and it, it could be a little bit scary. Um, what I would say on Chandler, just have a quick look at his per 100 numbers. You've got 16, 16.1 points, 17 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 2.4 blocks, um, where it really gets interesting. His offensive rating, 118 for his career, oh, oh, wow. uh, defensive rating at 102 you can talk about Chandler and his age and oh he's declining so an offensive rating of 118 on average for his career his last five years okay so this is between Dallas New York in the middle and back to Dallas so starting with the Mavs championship season 131 130 133
0: 120 133
2: that's incredible and amazing I saw those numbers, and maybe it's just it's one little thing. This is, once again, offensive rating, there's a lot of noise in. But straight off, I went, okay, this is a guy who everyone's worried about his age and says he's on the decline. Those numbers don't show a guy in decline. What they do show is, okay, maybe he's not playing necessarily as much minutes or he's not as involved in everything as he was. He's the veteran guy in this list. He's the guy who understands his role, and he'll be incredibly efficient. He'll perform that role. I, I think he's a guy who will get the best out of his teammates rather than necessarily we might look at Chandler and go you know this is this he could be a guy who he averages maybe eight and 8 and if it was eight points eight rebounds, you go okay well we're paying him quite a bit of money, but you go oh Chandler's averaging eight and eight and Jabari has freedom where he's not as necessarily as worried about trying to cover across in defense or he just creates that space if you've got a guy like him he's once again, in the same mold as the DeAndre Jordan, really efficient finisher from inside. So you've got an inside tread again. It just makes things a little bit different. Those offensive rating numbers to me I found are staggering. Straight away, they got me interested because a lot of the guys, you could come in, you could pay Monroe. Monroe could be 15 million. And he's more of an unknown commodity. We know what Chandler is. It's just whether what he is now, he's not going to be for very much longer. But those numbers are impressive. Even the defensive rating. 102, the Mavs aren't the defensive-minded team. Even no. those Knicks weren't. I mean, when he won defensive player of the year as a Nick, he was their defense. Uh, I think the other four <laughs> guys were probably up the court, and it was just Chandler in front of the rim. Um, <laughs> that's That, to me, is, is impressive. His numbers, if, if numbers don't lie, then Chandler's definitely one to go and have a look at What do you guys think?
1: I think he'd probably be the guy that I would like to see the most just because I think I think like you said his age is you know a lot of people are talking about his age 32 um, but I think at the same time a lot of teams are gonna look at that around the league and say well why why would we commit to a 32 year old guy long term and I think the, the Bucks could swoop in and say well I don't think a lot of teams are gonna commit to you we got a good core around you best defensive core that you'd have in a long time <laughs> Um mm-hmm. And uh, I think he would, you know, I think, too, I think kid is just a big factor. I, you know, they won a championship at Dallas. The last really good Knicks season, the last 15 years, Kidd and Chandler are on the same team. I think he just has an effect on them, and it could be at, you know, I think people would probably block it if it was $12 million for, say, you know, two years and maybe a player option. But he's fully formed. He's... He's just, you know, a rim stopper, and you'll get what, he, you know, he's he's just very reliable, very reliable.
0: Um, the that's the age. I mean, I know we've we've sort of debunked it, but I mean, in three years, in 2017, when I'd like to see the Bucks true contenders, he'll be 35. He'd still be making 14, 12 million a year, which won't be as much then, but it'll still be significant. Um, the veteran leadership is something that hasn't been brought up too much. I think that'd be a really great part of bringing him in. I think he'd help everyone become better players and better teammates and that'd be awesome. Um, if they could get him to maybe a two year deal two years maybe if he would do that. Or maybe even a longer and cheaper deal. Would you four pay years, him, $40 million. Would you pay him more
2: to, to get him on a shorter deal?
0: I'd rather pay him less to get, a, get him on a longer deal. I would do maybe like four <laughs> years 40000000 million. I'd like that.
2: Maybe he won't want to play thirty-six, though. I mean uh, I, I wonder, I don't know, if, if you're looking, I, I, I'm I pretty sure I'm not making this up and that I've read it 3 years 36 is what he's thinking yeah. if you could give him 2 years 28 it's pushing it, it's a lot of money
0: yeah, I, lot I, of I don't know I, I,
2: I think the point is valid of that third year would be the scary one particularly because that's when this book's team should be coming into their prime yeah. and that's where all the potential is either realised or We'll just go realize because it's a bit too grim to go the other way. Sure. Um, yeah, that's that. That's a bit of a problem. That could be the poison pill. Um, without the salary going up, if Chandler's ability goes down or his health goes down, that can be a bit of a noose around the neck in three years' time. Um, I don't know. I I do think there's a point where uh, I'm a guy who buys into youth, and I think youth can win. You you can go to roster full of young players. Somewhere in there, though, you need leadership. And the Bucks had a bit of that in Petulia. They had a bit of that in Dudley. They're not guys who really I think anyone wants to see starting long term. If they're starting long term and that's your leadership, well, yeah,
0: that's the leadership long-term.
2: doesn't matter because you've got holes in terms of talent. Yeah. Um, so if Chandler could be the guy to come in and be really serviceable and give that leadership, I don't know. It might be worth the risk to pay a little bit more. But definitely as that contract goes on is the problem. Uh, right now, definitely next season, I, I think that's an exciting idea. I think Chandler next season with that team is, def, is definitely good. He's a double-double guy. Um, to move on, a little bit different, we're gonna go to the Lopez brothers. Yes. Um, I'll start with Brooke because then hopefully we can move on very quickly. Oh, uh, <laughs> we can talk about Brooke if you guys want to talk about Brooke.
0: No, I was uh, saying, oh, the starting one.
2: <laughs> we're just getting him out of the way. I mean, this is what I said to start, okay? So, Brooke is per 100 career numbers, 29.2 points. So a it's, lot. It's a lot of points. Once again, I don't think the Bucs want to run their whole offense through the center. If that's there to go, you're wasting a lot of talent. So, I'd be wary of that. That sounds great. When you think about it a little bit more, not so great.
0: Well, the good news uh, with that with Brook Lopez is he'll probably only play like forty or thirty or fifty games. So for the rest, they don't. Have if you're lucky, the if you're lucky, if you're lucky, yeah. And then so the rest of those games, con- year, off the games, they don't. contract year. I mean,
2: he'll, he'll come back at the end of his contract to play big minutes and play very well. We've seen that. Uh, but in between that, there could be a bit of a problem. Uh, he's <laughs> he's not a great rebounder. This is the other area. I think getting Lopez isn't strengthening the areas the books need for their center. I don't. 11.2 rebounds per 100 possessions for his career, it's solid. You you think, oh, 11.2, double-double guy. We're talking about, okay, Monroe's a good rebounder, if not a great one, he's 15.4 rebounds. Chandler, as I said, 17. DeAndre Jordan, 17.8. They're real difference makers. I don't think Lopez is that. Um, Offensive rating, 111. Defensive rating, 108. Oh. I don't think his offense outweighs his defense. I think that shows there. Um. He's too much of a liability on that end of the floor. His block somehow—we talked about this last week even as well, very briefly. Somehow he blocks two point nine shots uh, per one hundred oh, possessions. Yeah. I don't know how that he happens, <laughs> but when he's—he obviously either just—he he just swings and swats at the shot. If he doesn't get the ball, the ball is in, and um, so it's either a block or it's a made field goal, and that's it. There's no in between with Lopez. Um, do we need to talk about Brooke Lopez or will I move on to Robin? What do you guys think?
1: uh Injury. <laughs> I just, that foot, man, it's so. Oh. And apparently, I think I read, I think Woe's actually tweeted, you know, since he opted out, where he's asked for 20 mil for uh three years. Or not over three years, but 20 mil per year over three. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, audible gas!
2: Yeah, that's, that's the part I didn't even get to was his salary because I don't, it's just oh the books can't even think about going and paying 20 million. Okay. Is, he worth,
1: is he worth half of that just because of his injury alone? Yes. He's worth half. I'd pay him 10. <sighs> but, I mean, would, come
2: on. Would you rather pay, mil- pay Brook 10 or Tyson Chandler 12? I think with this team, I lean towards Tyson Chandler 12. I'll give him his yeah. three years over Brook 10, even at that age because I just don't think <sighs> – Brooklyn that's, does a lot of the good you get defensively from the rest of your team. It's like, oh, look tough. at that great wing defense. Oh, a wide open lane. Uh, it's just, what, what's the point of that? <laughs> I don't know.
0: I, I would say I'd take the Chandler deal just because I can't sign a guy for $20 million a year who's got massive injury concerns and who has just a few points between his offensive and defensive ratings. If those two numbers are really close to each other, you're probably not that good of a player. And I think he's the the seventeen point whatever points is grossly overinflating his. Twenty
2: nine point two per one hundred possessions.
0: Twenty nine point two per one hundred offensive Yeah, yeah, per one hundred. Yeah, so still it's over-inflating is, his Value a lot.
2: I think I think in terms of per game average for his career, he's around. I think he is. He's maybe he's not that far off twenty points a game. But once again, we're look. We talked about Monroe and Detroit. You're thinking of the Brooklyn Nets, maybe gives you a different impression of what Lopez had to go through with the New Jersey Nets. Um, <laughs> I, I, he hasn't had a lot to play with there. A lot of the ball has gone yeah. through him. Um, even when when Pearson Garnett then couldn't do, it, you're like, okay, what are we going to do? Uh, we can have Joe Johnson. I saw you to death, and then just <laughs> if, different, if there's no open shot, we'll just we'll just throw it at Brook, and he might get something from it. Uh, let's move on to his brother Robin. Um. Robin's a guy we haven't actually written a lot about at the site, but I there seems to be this groundswell of momentum in the last week. We did the roundtable. I think Robin got four mentions in the roundtable. I was like, oh, "That's great." <laughs> we haven't we haven't had one article on him, and all of a sudden everyone wants some in the roundtable.
0: This is uh, him calling us out, by the way. That's what this is. This is. I've calling myself. I'm, totally I'm calling, nice. myself well. uh, <laughs> calling
2: myself out as well. Calling myself out as well. It's it's on all of us. Uh, Robin, let's go through his numbers not quite the score 19.8 points for 100 uh, 12.2 rebounds, 1.2 assists 2.9 blocks uh, offensive rating 117 defensive rating 108 uh, I don't know <laughs> I mean a good offensive player it depends I suppose you you can look at this and go the Bucks' defense is so good they can afford to go with a guy who they're going to have to cover over a little bit maybe um, depends what Robin's gonna go for as well. I mean, if you guys got any ideas, or what do you think a fair valuation for Lopez would be?
0: Um, I mean, if Chandler's twelve, um, Lopez is getting not nearly as much talk as a lot of other centers. People are really focused on Jordan, on Monroe, on his brother, and on Marcus Gasol and those other big guys. I think if the Bucs swooped in quickly and signed him before those other guys, they could probably get a good deal. Um, I'm not good with exact figures, but anything below at 12 or below would be good, I think, for a multi-year deal. I think if they wait and those other guys go first, you won't get a good deal because there's going to be teams that say, Oh, well, we need a center. We'll pay what we need to pay for Robin Lopez. Whereas you can go out early when there's not as much of a market for Robin Lopez and say, look, Robin, we'll pay you this right now. Just you don't have to wait, you are guaranteed, you don't get left out, you don't get lowballed, here's some money, come play in Milwaukee with all these great young players.
2: I've just remembered as well, isn't isn't Lopez the key to the Celtics summer? Wasn't that they want to I can't remember, maybe it was love, um but Danny Ainge thinks what what will what, what oh, these yeah. three agents is Lopez, Robin Lopez, the semi zombie corpse of Paul Pierce <laughs> and add free agent here, and he thinks that's that's where this Celtics team going to go. I you know maybe we're off topic a little bit. What did you think of the rumors of what the Celtics offered for the for Charlotte's oh pick? Um, once again, this is maybe going to be an area I shouldn't talk on here. But why would anyone want Frank Kaminsky that much?
0: If Michael Jordan said no to that, he should go back to baseball. That's all I'm going to say. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Four first-round picks for Frank Kaminsky. The guy should go manage whatever double-A team he played on because that's just ridiculous.
2: I, I actually think the Celtics ended up having a good draft, all things considered. Once once you hear a rumor like that, I mean, Rosier is yeah. as a player, a lot of guys weren't sure weren't sure of. They did pretty well otherwise, uh, but just a little bit off-topic with just Robin Lopez that brought that to mind. Um, what we'll do is we'll move on to the next guy he's the only guy in this list who's actually restricted free agent, so not necessarily someone who's in play even and um, oh, no. I've written about him before I have some opinions on him and um, he's our old reliable friend that behind the book pass we always oh, seem to to brainstorm the idea of getting him on the books it's Enis cantor
0: I knew it I uh, <laughs>
2: We'll go through the numbers and then I'll let some of you talk on this because it's probably better if I don't say too much. Um, <laughs> points for one hundred twenty-four point nine rebounds, fifteen point six assists, 1.4. 1.1 blocks. Um, this is where it gets fun. Uh, offensive rating one oh seven, defensive rating one oh eight. I'm
0: gonna, I'm
2: gonna, I was gonna say I'm gonna step into his defense. Uh, you can all word that a different way in your own head because I'm not defending this Canter, but did after moving to the Thunder post a 122 offensive rating. Um, actually, let me—I don't have his defensive rate to hand, but I'm gonna put money on it being pretty bad. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, that that team, I would say so.
2: We're we're talking, okay, if we don't like Brook Lopez because he's got an offensive rating of 111 versus a defensive rating of 108. Uh, we're not going for a guy who could actually be a negative all round. His defense is that bad, are we? He's only twenty-three, okay. I'll give him he's he's a really talented offensive player. I get these are things I can't dispute. He's a great offensive player, he's got a good skill set, he could develop into a guy who'll reliably shoot the tree, and that would offer the book something completely different. Offensively he's got a lot of what they might look for. He just offers nothing defensively. No rim protection, um, no defensive awareness i I don't know if he even runs back down that end of the court
1: We're back four <laughs> or five defense with him <laughs> there you go
2: uh boogie, boogie for cantor um that could work i i don't know i can't i just i don't have a whole lot of good out. I'm trying to avoid all the other cantor stuff the way he finished up with the jazz. Would you guys be interested in cantor as a fit with the books
1: ah uh... I I will say this around the deadline, he was an attractive piece because you know it was so public that he wanted out of Utah. And obviously, I think those <laughs> players <laughs> felt I the same way. Likewise, uh, I just don't. I, I don't. His defense is scary. Obviously, I just think. I think the biggest thing is his. He just seems like. He, I think someone's saying he's like a black hole of everybody else. Like I just I don't know. I think he's a very good player, especially offensively.
2: That's gotta be I his just, new basketball reference nickname.
1: <laughs> the black, the black hole. hole of everybody else. <laughs> of everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't I just think he just rubs the people – rubs people the wrong way. And even I think I saw on like Coop site, his national team, he plays for Turkey.
2: Yeah, his his uh-huh. political views now. Uh, that's this is a dicey area altogether um, with Turkey. But he yeah. claims there's nothing really. No one else has said anything. He's saying, "Oh, I've been left off because of my political views." Um, I don't know. That would be believable if it wasn't for the countless other issues that Cantor seems to have with every other person. <laughs> <meet. Exactly>. Um, <laughs> I uh, you've made me say it now. I didn't want to go here. I, I think you're right, at the trade deadline he was he was appealing. You, the defense was there, it was a problem, but you went, okay, maybe maybe he's worth a punt. If you get good value from in a trade, he might be worth the risk. And then he showed something completely different about himself with the way he left Utah and the way he sort of carried himself in OKC. I don't I don't see any point in the books going near him. I think it's it's a really risky move for, for a locker room that seems really stable, you've got a lot of good sort of high character guys, at least that's the way it comes from the outside. I'd even be interested to see what the Thunder do with them. The Thunder, I mean, I, I like Steven Adams as a guy. He's not going to be any sort of blockbuster center, but as a nice role player for a team as talented as the Thunder, when you've got particularly when you've got a who can just slide over and block shots for fun. I don't know. <laughs> Cantor doesn't make a lot of sense. Um will we move on from Enos Cantor?
0: <laughs> we, we we can go. We okay.
2: Go. Uh, This one, I might be mistaken, but I think he's one of Ty's favorites. Ty's been talking about this one as an under-radar sort of prospect for quite a while. Bismack Biambo.
0: Yay, Um, Bismack.
2: One of the things that amazed me about Bismack, he's 22. I don't know, maybe we'd need to see a birth certificate. I don't think he looks 22. Um, (laughs) He definitely plays 22. I don't know if he looks 22. Quick look at some of his numbers. He is a bit undersized. He's 6'9". Once again, he's, he's long, so that doesn't necessarily carry when you, when you see him on TV even. um, He's not going to score, so we don't have to worry about this whole offensive side of the game anymore. He's um, not a black hole at all. No. 10.9 points per 100. 15.1 uh, <laughs> rebounds. 0. 0.8 assists. So he's not going to oh. pass either. Um, 3.9 po- 3. blocks is impressive. That's really good. Um, We're gonna get to the offensive and defensive ratings, and I'm gonna qualify this maybe a little bit more than I want to do with Cantor. So I don't know. You can accuse me of bias (laughs) here, accuse me of bias here, and I'll completely agree with you. Um, offensive rating 103, defensive rating 105. Okay, you've got to think of the Charlotte teams that he spent his first two rookie seasons with. Um, the last two seasons, his offensive defensive splits are actually identical in both years. 115 offensive rating, 99 defensive rating. really good. That's been really impressive. The one other, I'm going to go back the other way just to qualify this again, the one thing I would say is to get those sort of offensive and defensive ratings, Charlotte halved his minutes. Um, so he went from playing up, up around high 20s to 30 minutes to being a 15-minute-per-game guy. Pretty effective at that. Um, personally, the way I see Biombo, if the books strike out and they go, okay, there isn't a... There isn't a marquee free agent this year. Biombo could be a good tie over. If you go okay with with Zaza with John Henson, you've got a certain skill set. Adding Bismack into the mix, it would give something else. You'd have a defensive player, and it would just give the team a different look. He could be a tie over. He could be a guy that you look at and go, okay. Well, Zaza is coming off the book, so even if you want to go for a, a more high-profile or slightly more talented center in a couple of years, you don't have to worry about that. Biombo becomes your backup. I'm not selling him as a starter, but he could be really good value. Uh, I'll go to you, Ty. I know, as I said, you've been a fan of Biombo for a little while.
0: Yeah, uh, I like Biombo. Um, the one thing, his biggest knock has always been that he has rock hands. He doesn't handle the ball well. That's shown by those assist numbers. And uh, while, well, to his credit, there have been precisely zero capable shooters in Charlotte over the past few years, literally just no sh- I think they were the worst three-point shooting team last season. Um, which is not a good way to win 2015 NBA. Um, yeah, I I, don't, I think if he starts over John Henson, that's a mistake. Um, we I defended Henson before. We might get into that later. I don't think he's better than Henson right now. But the fact that he's unrestricted at 22 because Charlotte didn't even try to hold on to him, I think that's just dumb on their part. I mean, I think I would at least, at least give yourself the option to match or give them the qualifying. They didn't. And I think he's worth a flyer at the very least. He's worth a, a shot, a, a further look.
2: I think the thing for the Hornets, I mean, from their point of view, they've obviously decided, oh, Spencer Hawes, uh, we're in on Spencer Hawes. <laughs> Spencer it's amazing. Spencer Hawes,
0: Frank Kaminsky. <sighs>
2: just, wow. And uh,
0: who did get in Portland? Uh, Batum, Nick Nick Batum. Uh, I like I, like, in on those I like
2: Nick Batum. Okay, I'm okay with Nick Batum. Spencer Hawes, I'm not a fan of. Uh, Spencer Hawes is a player that strangely, I think. Since I've taken over behind the book past, there's no player I've been tweeted about more often or commented on articles for trades than Spencer Hall.
0: <laughs> um,
2: I, I probably need to pay attention <laughs> and just see is this the same guy? Maybe it's Spencer Hawes. Um I <laughs> don't quite understand it, but <laughs> I mean, that's, that's why they let <laughs> like Bismarck be on Bogo. Um yeah, I I don't agree with anything Spencer Hawes related here. We'll move on from Spencer Hawes. I don't want the podcast to go to that. <laughs> um, back to Biombo. <laughs> Jordan, how do you feel about Biombo? Uh,
1: I think he's a promising defensive player. Definitely, you know, th- would you say three point blo- three point nine blocks per game per one hundred?
2: Per 3.9 blocks. Yeah. Jeez, that's I mean Ooh. that's
1: very impressive. I think I think it'd be very. Uh, you know, to bring a name for the past, I think it would be, like, bringing in, like, Irvin Johnson. I don't know if that's the type of player you kind of want. But he's definitely worth a flyer. I mean, especially, I, I was kind of surprised Charlie did not retain him or make any qualifying uh, so, offer. It's kind of strange. I mean,
0: obviously the Hawks. The again. Michael Jordan needs to <laughs> go back to baseball because this executive thing is just not working out right now.
2: I don't know. I mean, the only way I I I see why the Hornets didn't do it. I said I'm not selling the guys that they've chosen for. That's that's their problem. But unless they plan on playing the Sixers 82 times a season and they both just go <laughs> with three centers each, I, I don't see the fit for beyond So I see why they decided. Okay, let's not pay another guy who all of a sudden oh great we've got four centers. Um, I, I get that he's definitely talented. He's worth a look at. This next guy, I. I think we might have written a piece, it might actually mean, I could be making this up, it might have been you Jordan, you'll tell me straight off I'll probably be wrong here uh, he's probably my next favourite to Chandler, sort of if we're taking DeAndre Jordan out of the mix Costa Kufus. Um, oh, Costa! is a really sort of under the radar centre and has been in the league for a long time uh, this might just, it's not it's not, it's not just a Nuggets comparison but People look at what Mozgov was, okay, Mozgov in the end might have dragged the Cavs down, but those first few games of the finals, what Timofey Mozgov was, Kufas can be exactly that, and he's probably, you know, he's a lot more polished offensively. Um, Quick look at his numbers. Um, First of all, I think he's 26. I'll put that out there because no one believed that judging by his hairline. Um, so, <laughs> the people who are against adding older players to this book's team, Kufus is only 26. He's Costa not Lebron of, Kufus. He's not out of the question. <laughs> I, no headband can save Costa Kufus. Uh, <laughs> uh, points per 100, 18.2. Rebounds, 15.7. Assists, 1.2. Blocks, 2.7. Uh, an offensive rating of 110. Defensive rating of 102. He's another guy, just with the quality of this center class. The fact that we're going through this many names, and this is leaving out Marcus All, for example, this is a really deep center class. Some of these guys are gonna get, they're gonna get less money really than they deserve. I think he could be one of them. Once again, if you strike out and you don't get one of the big guys, Koufos is a really serviceable player, and um, someone that he'll offer you the defense, but he's skilled offensively as well. He's not gonna stall sort of the flow of the offense. He'll be able to play within that he would be able to run up and down the court as well. He's sort of deceptively mobile for a seven-footer. And um, what would you guys think on Costa I I
1: like him a lot. I think uh, I think he was. I could be wrong here, but I think he was on the last Nuggets team that made the playoffs. I think,
2: I think that's he, right. Yeah. Yeah, um, I and mean, he
1: was very solid. I mean,
2: I think Javale McGee was the starter oh, for, for that right. for that team. Uh, he he hasn't made this. This center free agent list. I'm just gonna clear that up now. Uh, but no, you're, <laughs> you're right. He, was, no spoilers, no he was on that team, but George Carl had a thing for Javale, so Javale was the starter. Um, I,
1: I think. I think the biggest question, and it's not even that big of a question, because I think he's proved that he could play you know, around 28 to 30, you know, maybe up upper to 34 minutes a game. I think he's a solid guy. Um, I think he, I, he was, you know, he's been on Memphis the Memphis, uh, last two years on Memphis, and he's been a very reliable guy. Even when Gasol, I think Gasol is even out. I Maybe mean, it wasn't this year or last year, but out for a month, and they were still a solid team. Obviously, losing a guy like Gasol, you'll have some ups and downs. But Kufos fit right, right in there. And I think, yo, know, he's not, he's not a sexy name at all. But Costa I don't know, I mean, maybe just, you know, he's, like, Biamo, he's a guy that you would overpay, well, you might overpay him, but he'd be right at uh, a good guy to get in at, the, at a very attainable price.
2: Ty, what are your thoughts on Kufus?
0: I um, don't I love his name, I think it's very sexy. Um I mean, I, I think he's just really
2: as well, isn't he? Uh, that yeah. might be something that we're down playing here. I mean, we could get Janis a friend. That's,
0: yeah, that yeah, thing. thing. I believe he has the same first name as one of Janis's little brothers, who actually goes to the high school I went to. So there's a fun fact. Uh, shout out uh, oh, it, yeah. Costa Costa. I think. So, um, I think he's just really good all around. I think he'd be a really good addition to the team. And like like Jordan said, I think he's a, a much more attainable price. And I wouldn't be surprised for the Bucks front office guys, like they did in the draft with Vaughn, to just go right for the guy they want the most and they think would be the best fit first. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did blow off DeAndre Jordan to go see Costa Cufos. As ridiculous as that sounds, that's something they would do. They would say, well, look, DeAndre might not be as good of a fit. He's very talented. He's also too expensive. He's also almost certainly going to go back to L.A. So we're just going to go meet with our guy and sign him today and not worry about it.
2: Yeah, and that's the interesting thing because if all the love is going to DeAndre and it's going to Marcus Aldridge, even a guy we're not talking about here is a centre, he's really a power forward and he's definitely uh, he's not coming to Milwaukee, but it is Lamarcus Aldridge. If all the focus he's on the, Okay. Um, <laughs> if all the focus is on these guys it's a big man you can go to a guy like Costa Cufas, if you really like him and you like his fit and as you said, you go on day one, you make him feel loved and he, he was expecting probably to wait for the phone to ring. You give him a good deal without paying sort of excessively for him, you could that's the sort of place you can get really good value in. The one that would spring to mind for me on that is, uh, everyone has talked about it quite a lot recently, and it's now up, but that Hawks uh, 19 million two-year deal for Paul Millsap, that was an absolute steal. That was that yeah. sort of scenario. Everyone else was on the superstars. Um, Millsap was just, at the time, a little bit below that. Hawks went in early, showed him some love, and he went, okay, I, I like this, I'm going to sign here. I think the Bucs definitely have an organization that could convince players to buy in and buy in early. Um, that's definitely an option. Probably not just with Kufos, but a lot of guys on this list. When when a lot of other teams are aiming up at the, the real heavy hitters up at the top end of the, the center class, someone like Kufos could be available. Um, I've got one other option. I don't know how I feel about myself, but I'm going to throw it out there. Uh Omar Ashik.
0: Um,
2: yeah, that's probably how I feel about it myself as well, but um, here we are. Um, <laughs> younger than you think as well, as twenty-eight. Um 14.7 points per one hundred, nineteen point one rebounds. Um rebounding problems go away. He can't really score or do much else, but rebounding problems will go away. Um one point six assists, two point one blocks, offensive rating of one oh seven, defensive rating one oh one. The problem I have straight off with Ashik is somehow he always seems to get overpaid. Uh, I was just going to
0: say, has he never not been overpaid?
2: No, he's, he, he always finds a way. He's going to come out of face but like $16 million not to play somewhere, something crazy. <laughs> his
0: agent is the best.
2: Yeah, that's... <laughs> I, I don't even want to Google who his agent is now because we know how the books are with certain agents at the moment, so that, that could be a scary idea. Um, but yeah, I don't really feel it, but just to round out the class, I thought I'd throw him out there. Anyone like anything about Omar Sheikh?
0: No.
1: I mean, rebounding the prophecy. But yeah, I think he's a guy that probably wouldn't move the needle that much.
2: Uh, yeah <laughs> I I think he'd move the needle backwards to be honest <laughs> yeah for the price he's going to pay a lot of the guys we talked about uh, Sheik's, as you said somehow he'll end up costing more and it wouldn't be very exciting <sighs> um right let's let's go through this now we'll start off with the easy one uh, i'm guessing it'll probably be easy enough if you could have any of these guys any of the guys who've gone through who do you think, who do you want for the books or who do you feel is the best fit?
1: I think Diageo is definitely the best player. I mean, he wouldn't fix anything offensively except, you know, rebounding. But I, I think I have to go with Monroe. I think, I think he's very promising. I, I don't know. He hasn't played the five in a while. So that's obviously a big question. I just think, though, his skills around – I think he's an underrated passer. I think he could fill that Zaza-like role of, you know, maybe getting some good passes. Obviously, it depends on – a lot of that depended on the shooters that the Pistons had, which, you know, the Bucks besides Middleton, that starting lineup wouldn't have many shooters. Or I am Parker, I should say. Um, but, yeah, I think he, I think he's – I think I'd probably go with Mil- or uh, Monroe tight? Uh, in an
0: ideal world, uh, I will go with DeAndre Jordan. Um, just DeAndre Jordan and Giannis running fast breaks would just be a thing of beauty to watch, and that would just be a huge team. It'd be everyone would have to learn how to lob alley oops, but like, I don't think it's, it can't be that hard. I think they would figure it out. A lot of people have said, "Oh, maybe DeAndre is not that good without Chris Paul." I mean, I think I think most NBA players can sort of throw the basketball up around the hoop, I think that's all DeAndre really needs most of the time. Uh, I think it'd be amazing to watch him play with the young Bucks for the next few years.
2: I'm going to go DeAndre as well, and the defense is obvious. I think he would make a bigger difference to the Bucks' offense than people are giving him credit for. Not necessarily with his own skill set or what he'd bring to the table in that sense. Just that 70-plus percent field goal percentage. He's so dangerous, he's so ruthless inside. He's gonna draw attention if you if you drop a ball inside the Andre Jordan teams are gonna be forced to double team, and that's gonna leave Chris Middleton open on the perimeter. That's gonna give Jabari or Yanis more space to drive. I I think not with his own numbers, but just sort of by committee, the offense gets better if you've someone as dominant as him in the middle anchoring it. Um, probably the more the more valid question, unfortunately, particularly as the Knicks seem to have taken the book seat at the table, is who do you see as realistic? I suppose. Who would your your realistic top three for the books be? Oh,
1: um. Do you say top three?
2: Uh, it can be less if you want.
1: <laughs> okay. I did say. Um,
2: it. I'm trying to think of my third one now, but yeah, top <laughs> three if you have three. Uh,
1: realistically. Chandler would probably be number one. I think he liked DeAndre Jordan. I think he's a very – one thing that stood out for me when I uh, I wrote about him maybe probably a little over a month ago or so, his numbers offensively were very, very efficient. I thought that was kind of surprising because, you know, you think of him as a room protector. You don't really think of him as a – not as a scorer, but just a very efficient scorer when he gets a chance. Uh, number two, I'd probably go with Robin Lopez. He's a little Tyson Chandler light. He's not. Uh, he he's a good rim protector. He would be an upgrade for sure um, from Zaza. Maybe not Henson actually, but um, yeah. I think he I think he could be a good fit. I think uh, based off Chandler, I think Lopez would be more attainable. You know, maybe 10 mil for three. I don't know. That sounds a little – that sounds right with how well, you'd have to pay him. Um, number three, I'd probably actually go with kufus I think he could be a good starter in this league. I don't think he'd be a top-ten starter in this league by any means, but you just need someone reliable. And, again, Price comes in very well. I think. I think it would be – Lower than double digits, at least I would hope so. Maybe around eighth. I don't think he's had even a contract that maybe. Well, he probably had a double, but I think he's just a very reliable option. He's not. He's not, you know, the first thing that you think of. But you just, I think this summer is about maybe or going after an upgrade our, for our big men. And Kufus may he, he very well may not be an upgrade, but. Uh, he's definitely more uh, a table for what pr- the price that he probably could get, and you know, take a flyer on him. You're a top three type.
0: Uh, Monroe, solid number one. Uh, no one too close to him. I mean, what, from what it sounds like, he just sounds like it's. He sounds sad and kind of unwanted, saying, "Yeah, I just want to play with someone who wants me. You know, I just want to be the missing piece <laughs> for someone."
2: You, Look, you just want to cuddle Monroe, basically.
0: I do. I want the <laughs> whole city the whole city would cuddle. Greg Monroe, if you're listening, you're not. But if you're listening, the whole city of Milwaukee would constantly cuddle you if you came here, if that's what you want, <laughs> if that's what you're into. We, you are the missing piece. We do want you. We're not chasing DeAndre like the Knicks. You don't need the Knicks. The Knicks don't love you for you. We do. Come to Milwaukee, Greg Monroe. Um, number two would be Kostakoufus. Um, I just think he's a really good all-around player, like has been said. He's really good at everything. He's going to be pretty cheap. Uh, number three, I have a cheating three-way, three-way answer. Um, only one of my answers is an actual free agent in the class.
2: Uh, okay, cool. go. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you break the rules. We'll, we'll see first.
0: Okay. Uh, I, I hope I don't get fired again. The first one is Roy Hibbert, who's not a free agent but who will be out of Indiana soon, most likely, because for some reason, Larry Bird hates Roy Hibbert. I don't know why. I don't know if they just don't like each other, if they said something to one another, but he just does not want him on that team. Roy Hibbert opted in maybe just to spite Larry Bird, and I'm certain that they will be looking to unload his salary. The Bucks might even be able to pick up an asset or two for taking him at this point because they do not want to start Roy Hibbert, and they want to get rid of him. So if they could pick up a draft pick, and get Roy Hibbert. I think that'd be awesome. Uh, he would be expensive though, it's 15 million. The second part of my three-part answer is just to stay with John Henson because I think he's getting better. He was very good in the playoffs and just looking price-wise, all of these guys are probably going to be at least 10 million. I think John Henson makes like 2, maybe less than 2 this upcoming season. So I mean just save the money, don't spend it just to spend it. And then the third part of my three-part answer is Robin Lopez. So, I mean, I think he could be sort of a, a steal.
2: This is a top class. five, basically. This is a top five. Because <laughs> the, the three, three, of the, three <laughs> parts of your, your third spot are completely unrelated. <laughs> I, was, I, was for, I was waiting for, oh, John Henson, Zaza, and Plumley, and you're just going <laughs> to Yo, oh No, but no,
0: it's really <laughs> a top five. <laughs> yeah, I made it a top five. I just didn't want to say that at the onset. I thought you wouldn't let me, so I just kind of lied. But There's my top five.
2: Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> the, same, the same way that <laughs> the same way that Larry Bird for some reason hates Roy Hibbert. I don't know what Roy Hibbert has done to make you love him so much, particularly at fifteen million. Um, I'm gonna leave that one alone.
0: Uh, it's all about assets.
2: I'm gonna i leave that one alone. My top three. Uh, I probably go Chandler at one. Um, at two. Monroe, a tree. Um, I'm the defense worries me. It, it really does, and the contract. I if you if they're not gonna hit the home run and get the guy who's really gonna transform the franchise at center, don't do it. Don't just pay a guy for the sake of it. I think that's what Monroe could be. You could end up paying Monroe 15 million and going, okay, that's not great. The other thing is you could talk about Monroe being a trade asset down the line I've, I've seen quite a lot about that even I've seen a few articles saying that Monroe wants a two year deal and he wants to opt out and get paid again so if you're putting your future on Monroe once again we talked three years is too late for Chandler well year three Monroe wants big money and then if he doesn't go to New York now that could be when he goes to the big market so I am I like Greg Monroe as a player but I like the idea of him on someone else's team um, the one thing I'm going to add here, we could always just forget about all these centers and just keep running with Zaza. Uh, Zaza. I mean, we, we all know this works. It's, it's a tried and tested method. It's proven. Got the books to the playoffs. If
0: you need 42 wins... Start Zaza If if,
2: Ty's going to try to sell everyone on Hibbert at 15 million, I'm going to say, let's go for 82 more games of Zaza. Um, (laughs) On on that note, I think we'll probably wrap it up. Um, Watch tomorrow after this gets posted. We'll have JaVale McGee is the the, the book's top priority at centre or some other centre that we have not covered after talking for probably about an hour and 40 minutes at this stage. Um, so it's, it's going to be Rashad Vaughn all over again next week it will take mm-hmm. us twice as long because we'll have to explain how we actually missed the player the books are going to sign <laughs>
1: uh,
2: <laughs> thanks again guys thanks Jordan thanks Ty we'll, we'll talk to you soon yeah
0: good